Hello, I'm your host, Charmaine, and welcome to Beautiful Gems. Next up, enemies in the spiritual realm. There are angelic rogue operators in league with some saboteur technicians and co-workers in the physical realm. Other saboteurs only operate in the physical realm as independent contractors, while still others group together for a common cause. The great excavator knows who they are and how they are connected. This is why your walkie-talkie of intuition should be on at all times. In episode 10, we spoke about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and how the enemy strategically uses this information to their advantage when sabotaging the Black community. Remember to picture a triangle with five levels from the bottom up. First level, physical needs. Second level up, safety needs. Third level up, belonging. Fourth level up, esteem. Fifth level up, self-actualization. Levels one and two are your basic needs. Levels three and four concern mental health. Level five, you fulfill your true potential. We spoke about how saboteurs attack levels one through three to prevent you from reaching levels four and five. As a side note, why would anyone want to prevent someone from reaching their full potential? Hmm, say la. Pause and calmly think of that. How do the saboteurs prevent you from reaching levels four and five? They create the conditions through, right, systematic racism. One downfall in recognizing the enemy is falsely believing that they move and think like you. Remember the law of polarity? There is someone out there that thinks the exact opposite way that you do. No rose-colored glasses allowed. See everyone for who they are, including your enemies. The etymology behind the word enemy is one hateful toward an intent on harming someone. Refusal to see the enemy gives them the advantage while placing you at a disadvantage and in potential danger. The saboteur still attacks today through a racially biased academic system, which falls under level two of safety and security and level three of belonging with schooling and relationships. Part of the especially hard rock of your foundational self is built here during childhood. This is why it's the perfect place for the saboteur to attack. The experiences and perceptions developed turn into the background stories behind adult behavior. If a distorted view of self is created and perpetuated for the life of the student's academic career, imagine the lasting effects into adulthood. Then these adults have children who now learn from the distorted views of their parents and the educational system. The problem is compounded with each generation afterwards. To take this a step further, Maslow theorized that when psychological needs are not met, it can cause mental health issues such as depression. Level three of belonging and social relationships fall under psychological needs. By targeting this level, the saboteur ensures (laughs) mental health issues develop early during childhood. Sometimes people don't want to look beneath the layers 
of the rock of their foundational self because it's too hard to break up, examine, and admit the extent of the trauma inflicted upon them. Then you would have to see the enemy for who they are. When you think about depression, how many Black people have it today and let it go untreated? If this is you, maybe it's a good idea to wipe your goggles of self-acceptance to see yourself and the conditions surrounding you clearly. Before asking how you should treat depression, ask why you have it. Some say that it can be passed on genetically, and it can. But let me ask you, what if the conditions surrounding each generation remain relatively the same, creating an environment where depression thrives? Can it not appear to be genetic? It's the age-old scientific question of nature versus nurture. Why is this important? One story tells you that there is something inherent in you that needs to change. Some may take this as something being wrong with them versus your environment is unhealthy, created with the intention to affect you psychologically. In this last story, it's not you, but the environment that's wrong. I am not a licensed psychologist, so this is not a diagnosis or evaluation. It's an observation based on my own experiences and information collected. If you are depressed, seek professional help. However, it's still important for you to take ownership of your childhood stories to identify the effects it has had on you. Remember, your therapist is a technician who is there to help you through the process. The work is your own. So my question to you, what does your foundational self look like? I encourage you to take out your rock pick hammer of self-discovery, chisels of self-examination, and your shovel of self-assessment to get to work on the hard rock of your foundational self. Now, I'm sure you'll have your protective gear on when you do this because a saboteur will target each and every piece of it. Similar to the example I gave you earlier with the frenemy in action. Remember, a frenemy is an enemy in hiding. (laughs) When it comes to systematic racism, the saboteur loves to put cracks in your goggles of self-worth, throw out your earplugs of self-acceptance, and empty out the supplies in your first aid kit of self-love. Saboteurs put cracks in your goggles of self-worth through propaganda, subliminally and consciously, that there is something wrong with you inherently as a Black person, that you are broken, needing to be fixed bad, unintelligent, unlovable, and unworthy. If your goggles are cracked, take them off and replace them with new goggles of self-worth to clearly see that there is everything right with you. You are not in need of fixing. You aren't broken. You are inherently good, intelligent, lovable, and worthy because that's the way the good Lord made you. I'm going to play two clips for you. The first is about self-acceptance. Excuse the background noise, but the message is more important. Sometimes we are so eager to be accepted by others and it's to our expense. So we want to be accepted. We want to be included. And, you know, we're really eager to pick up other causes, but we turn our back on our own cause. We turn our back on ourselves. We self-abandon and abandon people or the Black community in general because it's just easier. It's easier to just, I want to fit in. 
But how can you fit in if you don't truly know who you are? We want others to love us because we are lovable people and we have, we have big hearts as well too. So it is more than one factor, but I think one part of it is that, you know, we make an effort to accept others into our community. My question is, do you accept yourself? And if you think that that's a guaranteed yes, and you've never thought about that, that's not a guaranteed yes. That's something that, that needs to be addressed because you put a lot of thought and energy into being accepted by others. Do you put any thought and energy into accepting yourself, accepting being Black? You feel like you don't need to do that? Why? Because it's easier to self-identify with anything else but that. Here's the second clip about self-love, which is in my lovely morning voice. The message is more important, once again, because it comes from the heart. We're at a delicate time right now, you know, as Black people, where it's very important that you tell your own story. You have your own experiences and don't let someone change your narrative, as they, as they say. Those are all the same words. But don't let anybody change your narrative. That's the problem. So many times in history, people have taken control of our narrative. No. Tell your story, own your story, even if it's just to yourself, own it. Don't let media tell you. Don't let the neighbor down the block tell you. Don't let your institution tell you, your school. You, you are important. You, what you have to say, how you feel, what you think, all of that is important. That is what I'm stressing here. You, 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 you. And not in a narcissistic way, in a way of pay attention to yourself. Because society will steer you where it wants you to go so that I can spend your money, so I can take away your power. And I'm going to just leave it there. It's really taking ownership for yourself, about yourself. And having self-love, it's not... Self-love is an interesting term because it's not about just pampering yourself. It's not about that. It's not just about caring for your body. It's about caring for your feelings. It's about caring for your thoughts. It's about caring for your spirit. Caring for those things that are all interconnected. Whether ally, enemy, or frenemy, be mindful of giving away your power. What's the saboteur's (laughs) ultimate goal when targeting your self-worth, self-acceptance, and self-love? to take away your power through setting up landmines of internal strife to block off, you guessed it, your gems. You see, if the enemy can get you to fight yourself, the battle is won. In order for this strategy to fail, you have to know your value down to your bones that you matter. Your protective gear will help you navigate past these landmines. If you have given over your power in any way, that's the past. Be here now. Do the inner work necessary to take your power back and be mindful of who you give your power to. You see, people in power only have it because people like you and I give them power. We place them in a position of authority, supporting them with some of our own power. The more people that come into agreement to give them authority, the more powerful they become. 
The bigger question is, where does that power originate from? That's right. The great excavator, God, has entrusted each one of us with personal power. So it is our responsibility to be a good steward of it. Before giving away power to any person in authority, a leader, make sure to lead yourself first. Inner work develops the leader in you to own and wield your power to your command. When you decide to support a leader, how can you tell if they are worthy of receiving some of your power? Well, here's a few things that a worthy leader looks like. They lead by example. You feel they are trustworthy. They work with you as an equal and provide a safe and open space for you to operate in your strengths and weaknesses. They promote your growth, supporting your right to exercise free will to make choices. You look forward to being around them because they build you up. They are sent as agents to lead you. Those who have experiences want to share their knowledge with you because they operate in a spirit of trust. Now, how can you tell an unworthy leader? They lead by falsely perceived example until they are exposed by God publicly or privately. You may be told privately through intuition or other spiritual gifts, like you just feel it, or you may actually see it physically. God can also expose them publicly because they have committed grievous sins against people. They tell you what to do, taking away your choice. They are sent as agents to mislead you. Those who have experience hold back their knowledge or deceive with knowledge because they operate in a spirit of fear. If you notice, I did not automatically classify allies as worthy leaders. That is because people are human. They make mistakes, they change, and go through their own processes. When you lead yourself first, you will better recognize leaders worthy of receiving your power. It's important to safeguard against absolute thinking, placing leaders so high up on a pedestal that when they fall, you are devastated and lose your faith. Your faith is never meant to be in them. It is meant to be in God. A powerful example of an ally who changed from a worthy to an unworthy leader is King Saul. He ruled the nation of Israel well until his successor David appeared on the scene. After David's anointing to be king, he won the hearts of the Israelites, defeating their enemies like Goliath. Soon after, Saul began to hate David. This, among other offenses, caused God to pull back his favor and punish Saul. So who do you think you can completely trust to lead you? Yes, God. He knows all roles intimately and how they will play out. So I encourage you to take your cues from the great excavator, God, before you choose to follow the leader. Do you hear that? It's our walkie-talkies of intuition. This is the great excavator. A vibration of fear is coming your way. You need to head to safety. Archangel Michael is there with you both. Where? Yes, yes, you can't see him, trust me. Listen and follow my instructions closely. All praise, glory, and thanks to the Most High. We made it. Although we didn't see Archangel Michael, 
We were definitely protected on the way here. Thanks be to him as well. You know, something similar happened to me on 9-11. I was there that day. I'll tell you about it another time. What I will say is that my intuition saved me from harm more than once. Since we had our walkie-talkies of intuition tuned in, we were able to navigate through fear with trust. That's right. Not only do you have to be tuned in, you must listen and act with the spirit of trust, like the great excavator just asked us to. Fear and trust are polar opposites. Remember that emotions are neither good or bad. It's how they are generated and processed. The enemy generated this vibration of fear with the intention of causing chaos. Naturally, chaos must be balanced with control. So people who are not tuned into their walkie-talkie of intuition react by giving over their power to the very enemy who caused the vibration of fear to have them bring chaos under control. You see, the enemy understands universal laws well and uses them towards their advantage. To combat this, you must understand these universal laws as well. The natural order to life is balance. This is what you are trying to find when processing an emotion. Understand, safety presented by the enemy (laughs) is an illusion, one used to take our power. When fear is generated, people are willing to exchange their freedom for control because they believe it provides them with safety. By giving over their freedom, they give up their power. They give over their free will. The great excavator gave each and every one of us purpose and free will to walk it out, right? What happens, though, when we do not walk in our purpose and give away our free will? We reject God's gifts and hand them over to our enemy. We hand over our power. We hand over our freedom. Instead, trust that the bed our enemies made for us may just be their own. A great story to read over to encourage yourself to trust God is the story of Esther, her uncle Mordecai, King Xerxes, and his chief officer, Haman. Haman plotted against the Israelites, which included Mordecai and Esther. He prepared the gallows for Mordecai. Because Esther and Mordecai trusted God and moved accordingly, King Xerxes hung Haman instead. You see, your enemies can mean you harm, but God will turn around all things for your good. What most enemies don't realize is that the hardships they present creates the conditions around new gems to be found. So whether you choose to balance fear with giving over your control or by trusting God to navigate you through it, it's up to you. Just be aware that you will come into balance either way. We talked about enemies and allies pretty extensively because it's important to understand the difference during the mining process. Allies, enemies, frenemies, and the unbothered are all here to accelerate your growth and assist you with healing if you understand who they are and how they play their roles. It's similar to the stock market. It's not about whether a stock goes up or down. It's about you having an understanding of whether the stock will go up or down then you can invest wisely and see a return. Just like the stock market, these roles are complex. Frenemies can be like sugar when you need salt and like salt when you need sugar. Sometimes you have to experience them to know the difference. 
Their role requires them to be a deceiver. (laughs) So if something doesn't feel right, it ain't right. If what they say and do has the appearance of an ally, but you walk away wondering if they are actually a friend, they're not. Trust yourself. Trust God. And pick up that walkie-talkie of intuition. You'll be just fine. For the unbothered, simply let them be and they'll let you be. They can only interfere in your mining process if you involve them unnecessarily. If you have the ability to separate the person from the role that they play, you can ask yourself the following questions to support your mining process. What are they here to teach me? What are they positioning me for? How do I feel when I'm around them? If you are ever confused and not certain who to trust, This is by design because you are meant to constantly check in with God. There are many ways to communicate with him. There has been a focus on intuition in most episodes because when you are tuned in, it's always on. So you receive messages. You can take these messages to the heavy machinery of prayer and meditation for a deeper understanding. Ask God to reveal the intentions of your allies, enemies, and frenemies. Ask for wisdom and discernment surrounding the steps you need to take, whether it requires your action or inaction. Listening to God and following his direction places you in a power position. If you want to learn more about trust, try reading Iyanla Van Zant's book, Trust, Mastering the Four Essential Trusts, Trust in Self, Trust in God, Trust in Others, Trust in Life. She has been a long-time trusted ally in my mining process. Okay, it's been a successful day. Let's wrap it up here. Oh, wait, what's that? I think that's the Great Excavator. Sensational, you completed your orientation. Before you leave, I strongly suggest that you make a decision to commit to yourself and the process of mining your gems. Then prepare before Charmaine comes back with Season 2 by the daily use of the heavy machinery of prayer, meditation, stillness, and nature. The protective gear of... You know what? That's a long list. Just go back to Episode 5 through 10. If you decide to use the tools in Episode 11, follow all safety precautions and guidelines. For refreshers on any part of the mining process, all episodes are time-stamped with references in the description. Since you've made it this far, I'm sure I'll be speaking with you soon. I've got my eye on you. Right, you're funny. (laughs) Nothing like the unbothered. You're fortunate I have a sense of humor. (laughs) One last thing for you both. After all of your hard work mining these beautiful gems, make sure to rest. Even I rested on the seventh day. Enjoy the process, appreciate the progress you have made, and know that you are blessed. Wow, that was a blessing. To have God close out our session. Hey, you almost got me in trouble back there. I think I'll lay off that unbothered joke. Thank goodness he has a sense of humor. Just a heads up, next season, one of the gems we will be looking for first is called Identity. We've prepared you to start mining the hard rocks surrounding it with your orientation. 
Your job in the meantime is to study and practice what you've learned, like the great excavator said. It will make your mining process easier, not to mention safer. So let's both take advantage of the time between seasons to practice our practice. We'll officially start mining come January 2022, which gives me time to gather some of my best allies to share with you in person. With that, I want to say a warm and special thanks to my podcast engineer, my voice actors, and anyone who's helped me behind the scenes on the business end. You have been a tremendous blessing. Thank you. To my fellow miners, a huge thank you for lending me your ears. It's been my pleasure to escort you. I had fun, and I hope you did too. Please share this podcast with any miners you know, and follow me on IG at Beautiful Gems. DM me with any questions or comments you may have. Before I skedaddle, this episode is dedicated in loving memory of Koji Coles. You are dearly missed and we are celebrating you. Until next season, everyone. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I pray that you build your relationship with God, love yourself unconditionally, and put in the work to mine, refine, and shine those gems.